You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here with you on Girls Talking Boys. Hello. Gotta get down on Friday. Here we are. What's that girl's name again? Uh, that would be Rebecca Black. Okay. Got it. I almost <laughs> called her Carly Jepsen or whatever. Oh, so you I'm mean there. Carly Rae Jepsen, the queen of pop music? How dare you? Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> I am obviously not well-versed She's in She's not a one-hit wonder, okay? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, so we're actually going to talk about another person who's not a one-hit wonder. You like that? Ooh. Semi-horrible intro. She tried. Yeah, I tried. A for effort. Um, we've been giving a lot of attention to these draft picks, especially some of our first rounders, um, CD Lamb, and for good reason. Obviously, lots to talk about with him. The 88 of it all. The 88 situation has been a thing. But we also wanted to give a love, give love to some of our other guys, um, one namely Tyler Biotic, who, while we didn't put him in Travis's jersey, we basically did. We damn near tried, y'all. <laughs> um, it's hard not to draw parallels about those two. Truly. Um, Wisconsin, O-line, I mean, yeah, baby beard, big beard. Exactly. Hey. So we got the chance to sit down with Jesse Temple from The Athletic, and he's actually covered both of those guys, Travis and Tyler, with his time out there. And so um, he had some good stories about both of them, and we talked a little bit about why Wisconsin? What What is it about Wisconsin that makes him so What's prolific? What's in the cheese? What's in the cheese? Uh, he spilled the tea on that. And then we got some other fun facts for y'all. Yeah, uh, if you ever wanted to order the most epic thing ever at Red Robin, Tyler created something. Yeah, and if you need <laughs> to know how to create a 13,000 calorie order, he's also got that order for you as well. Yeah, you know, we're all just trying to bulk. And um, <laughs> while we're talking about big things, we always talk about the jumbo package, but... Wisconsin has one that takes that personnel package to a different level, and we touched on that too. So needless to say, a really fun interview, lots of information. Jesse had some great insight for you guys, and uh, we're excited to share. So without further ado, Jesse Temple. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, 
And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us now, we have Jesse Temple from The Athletic, who covers Wisconsin. Jesse, hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm hanging in there trying to uh, write some stories and, and make it through the longest offseason of our lives, it seems like. I was going to say. It never ends. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this meme on Instagram today, and it was like, it's the 48th day of April, April, May or something like that. And I was like, yes, that's a whole mood right there. Like, I don't yeah. even know what time it is, honestly. Forget it. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing track of the days. They're all sort of blending together, which sounds very sad. It's like a <laughs> highlight when you go outside for a walk. <laughs> You're not lying. Story of our lives. My dog's getting sick of walks. I know. It's <laughs> like, you know, it's bad when the animals are like, are you done? Are you going to leave already? Like, we're, we're tired of you. <laughs> so uh, we're super excited to chat with you today, Jesse, because obviously um, we drafted a guy here in Dallas, Tyler Biotic, who you are very familiar with having covered the team for a while. And you're also familiar with the guy who um, Will, he will ultimately hopefully be replacing, obviously, Travis Frederick retired, five-time pro bowler this past season, um, heartbreaker. He's such an awesome guy on and off the field. I miss him already. So we, I think Cowboys fans knew that the center was a need, but we had some stop gaps. Like, we've got a guy like Joe Looney, and there's some potential guys that we can circulate in there. So I don't think it was the highest of high um, needs on our on our personal fan draft boards, if you will. <laughs> but getting a guy like Biotic is super exciting because he comes from Wisconsin, such a prolific program, and, and they're pretty decent at turning out guys on the O-line. The Cowboys actually traded up to him in the fourth round with Philadelphia. So you know how strongly they felt about him to be able to do that. And McCarthy, he was like, yeah, that's my guy. So um, I'd love to kind of hear – your thoughts on what makes Tyler so special? Well, this will probably sound sort of cliche, but when he came here, he was, I think, destined for greatness. And I say that because, um, first of all, you mentioned Wisconsin's offensive line. They regularly churn out NFL players, and he had an opportunity when he got here to learn from some incredible offensive linemen. Michael Dieter is a guy who played center here, and he was very versatile. He played guard and tackle and became a draft pick of the Miami Dolphins. And I remember talking to him when, after Tyler took his redshirt year, and he felt like even then that Tyler would be better than he was as a center. And I was kind of like, whoa, is, is, is Michael Dieter just saying this because he wants to talk up a teammate? No. <laughs> Tyler was exceptional from the very get-go. And the thing that's pretty surprising about how Tyler ascended is he didn't play center at all in high school. I think right. I remember talking to his high school coach uh, during the off season last year and they tried him at center and he was terrible. 
and and the coach said he said i swear to god i think he screwed up the snaps on purpose because he hated it so much so uh obviously center worked out a lot better in college that's but... actually really funny you say that because he was he was a three-star he's a d defensive lineman recruit like d tackle he had like all conference honors um he received like awards and state's most outstanding d lineman and then and then wisconsin brings him in they're like actually what we're going to do is transition you to center <laughs> yeah and i think um you know he obviously had the build of an offensive lineman but they know what they're doing up here and they saw someone that could be pretty special and you look at his career i was putting together an all-time two deep uh in for wisconsin football history and I put Tyler as my starter in the all-time two deep. And I know that may be blasphemous Ooh. because Travis Frederick uh, yeah. certainly belongs up there. I tried to base it solely on what happened in college and not the NFL. Travis was a freshman uh, or Tyler was a freshman All-American. And then he was the top rated center in the country as a redshirt sophomore by Pro Football Focus. And he was an All-American, uh, a consensus All-American this past year. So he won the Remington trophy for the best center in college football. And that's Purely the first time from a, in program history, right? Yeah, right. And, and that award goes back to 2000. So purely from a uh, accolade standpoint, nobody accomplished more in college than Tyler Biotic. That's so interesting. I mean, I even look at that too. Like you mentioned all these awards that he won, but I also feel like you have to give him credit for, you know, Jonathan Taylor receiving the 2018 Doak Walker award because you know, the run game, as we know, is strong in Wisconsin. And the run game is pretty important here in Dallas for obvious reasons. Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> so for him to kind of help lead the charge in another guy on the team receiving the awards that he did, you know, leading the nation with over 2,000, 2,100 yards, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and Taylor won the Doak Walker Award each of the past two years. And each of those guys would be the first to compliment the other. I mean, Taylor always credited the the offensive line, and, and Jonathan was a second-round draft pick of the Indianapolis Colts. But Tyler Biotich was not one to to take credit, and generally speaking, offensive linemen are not. It's sort of a selfless position. But, yeah, he was excellent at, at run blocking, but he was also a really good pass blocker. And, um, you know, pro football focus is a, 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 does a lot of great stats, and I believe Tyler allowed one sack in 390 pass blocking snaps. Uh, and that's how wow. you become a unanimous first team All-American and a Remington Trophy Award winner. So no question he's special. He started at center in all 41 games during his career over the last three seasons. That's impressive. I mean, is that good, right? Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so, you know, again, like, I want to talk about really what makes the Wisconsin O-line so prolific. I mean, it's, it's something where when you talk about the football program up there, it's, it's easily one of the first things you think about. I was reading some of your articles and um, I'd like to make sure people who are listening in, go ahead and read those too with the athletic, but you talk about um, who they're, they're recruiting and they've had 21 offensive linemen drafted. Well, this is for, this is offensive linemen drafted in the NFL, but they've had 21 offensive linemen drafted since 2000, which is the most out of any program during that span that even beats Alabama and Ohio state. And I think they had what it, you wrote 20 a piece. Yeah, I think they do have 20. So what is it? What's in the water up there? Like why Wisconsin? <laughs> what's in the cheese? Yeah. What's in the cheese, Jesse? Spill so, the tea. <laughs> for, for, I suppose, the uninitiated with Wisconsin football, this sort of goes back to the early 1990s uh, and Barry Alvarez, who's a Hall of Fame coach. He's now the athletics director here. Wisconsin was terrible through the 70s and the 80s. 
Uh, when Barry Alvarez got here in, in early 1990, he looked around at the recruiting board and saw that the best players in the state were always going out of state. They wanted to go play for Iowa or Michigan or Michigan State. And the first thing that he did with his coaching staff was to say, we're going to build a wall around the state and we're going to understand what our strengths are up here in Wisconsin. It's not always skill position players, but in Wisconsin, they've got some big bodied Scandinavian guys. And this is how Barry Alvarez would put it. You look around, there's a lot of six, 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 seven, 250 pound high school players. And so country strength is what I keep reading on all of these drafts prospect <laughs> descriptions. And I couldn't describe it better myself. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it is what it is up here, but, but that was what Wisconsin did well. Uh, corn fed, cheese eaten, <laughs> big boys. And so, and so you wanted to get those guys to Wisconsin if you were the coach and develop them. And that's what Wisconsin's success was predicated on in the 90s, was a big offensive line that would control everything in the trenches. You obviously had to have some talented running backs, and Wisconsin certainly has had its share but you got to have the offensive linemen able to open up those holes. And over the years, they developed a certain toughness. And once one group had success, then the next group wanted to be a part of that. After four years, Barry Alvarez had led a team that was one of the worst in college football to win the Rose Bowl. It's one of the most amazing turnarounds in college football history. And from that point forward, they've really done an excellent job. And I give this current coaching staff a lot of credit because I'm talking about Barry Alvarez from 25 plus years ago, but you got to go out and do it every year. And Paul Chris, the head coach now and his staff has done a phenomenal job of keeping the best players in the state. You can look at all the recent recruiting classes and the top offensive linemen all wind up going to Wisconsin, basically. So Tyler Biotich, uh, just the, the next in a long line of great uh, offensive linemen. And there have been plenty more that are coming after him. So I actually want to talk about recruiting for a minute too, because you cover that as well. And, and as you mentioned, Tyler's from Wisconsin. Uh, he is actually corn fed. Like I think it said on his farm that he grew up on his grandfather's farm. There's like 900 head of cattle. Like this guy is again, country strong, but you wrote a great article that I really liked um, about, it was a profile on, and give me the name. Cause I'm going to mess it up. The director of player personnel. Saeed Khalif. It's a great article. Y'all need to go make sure you read it. It's awesome. It's so and I think, again, like that, that showcases truly what Wisconsin, the heart of how they're able to bring in some of the best talent to a place like Wisconsin. Again, like I, I feel like I could say this and Meg can too, like she's from Nebraska in the Dakotas and I'm from Kansas. So, you know, I, I could say the same thing about KU basketball. Like why, why mm -hmm. would a guy from California coast want to come out to Kansas City and go play basketball? You know what I mean? When he could go play at UCLA. So I feel like you see some semblances of the culture that really brings these guys in. And as you mentioned, I mean, even for 2021 class, they've got two, two four-star offensive linemen who are ranked number one in their respective states, shocking uh, the Wisconsin guy and then the Minnesota guy. So, you know, I'd love to kind of hear more about the culture of recruiting that you mentioned and, and kind of why they choose to come to Wisconsin. Well, for starters, that's great to hear that uh, you're from Kansas. I am too. I'm a fellow Jayhawk, so small world. Yes, uh, stop, chop, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Who knew, um, Jesse? Who obviously, knew? Mo obviously more of a basketball fan than a football fan because what's the point? Yeah, um, <laughs> outside the orange Hey, you got less. Yeah, that was a good year. I was there for the Mangino years, so I totally have the our coach meet your coach shirt. So that was my memory <laughs> of Kansas football. <laughs> I'm really yes. proud of that. That's that's when I was there as well. So oh, this is what? A weird, 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 small world. <laughs> I know. We'll have to talk afterwards about why we yeah, wanted to know each other. <laughs> um, but in terms of in terms of recruiting for Wisconsin, obviously 
it starts with the offensive line, like I said. And one thing about this state is, unlike a lot of other places, and Nebraska is similar to Wisconsin, there's one major FBS program in the state. And so everybody who grows up in the state watches those games on Saturdays. They dream of playing for the Badgers. And until recently, I think in-state recruits, including offensive linemen, have been tremendously underrated on the recruiting trail. I think some of that has to do with the locations of where some of these players are. You know, they're in rural areas. They may play for smaller schools. They don't necessarily get noticed or go to a bunch of camps. And in some respects, I think that has played in Wisconsin's favor. Um, and the other thing is once a kid commits to Wisconsin, I think a lot of other schools wind up backing off because they know, okay, he's an in-state kid. He's an offensive lineman. There's no way we're going to get him. I, I do think that's changed in the last couple of years because Wisconsin started to recruit at a little bit higher level and other programs see the quality of players that are in the state. Um, but guys like Tyler Biotic and Travis Frederick kind of fit that mold in-state guys. They come to Wisconsin, they work their butts off and they develop into NFL players. One thing I think Wisconsin's done really well in recruiting these last few years is the ability to identify talent very early. And it's out of state and it's in state too. Once they realize that someone's a good fit athletically and academically, they go after them really hard. They do not offer a lot of scholarships to players. You mentioned Nebraska, for example. Nebraska offers more scholarships, I think, than any other Big Ten team, at least they have under Scott Frost, each year. And Wisconsin is among the least. I think only Iowa shade. and Northwestern offer fewer. So um, it's it, it, those work for both programs, but to speak to Wisconsin, they don't offer a bunch of scholarships because they focus on the guys that they identify and really want, uh, and they're able to find great fits on the offensive line and at other positions as well. I love that. Um, so speaking of Wisconsin, we have Mike McCarthy as our head coach now. Um, he's only been around a few months, but we're seeing his influence and in like how when he feels really strongly about a guy, he uh, goes out and gets him, he makes it happen. Um, do you feel like McCarthy being from like the Wisconsin area helped Tyler stay or get on the radar? That's much harder for me to say. I think ultimately, no matter where you're from, you've got to, got to evaluate your board and see what'll be the best fit. Um, and it clearly speaks to what Biotish accomplished in college and perhaps what he showed them on film and, and even after college in interviews and um, the NFL combine that they would trade up to try to get him. And so I don't know that there's necessarily just because Biotic was a Badger and McCarthy was a Packer for a, a long period of time that that's why they went and got him. It may have enhanced some of the familiarity. There's Badgers games on on Saturday if McCarthy happened to be watching, but there obviously was a need with, with Travis Frederick gone. And I think, if anything, Travis Frederick's success showed what a quality offensive lineman is at Wisconsin. And I watched Jerry Jones that, you know, I think it was the Cowboys. They posted the, like a minute video on, on Twitter or something like that, where they showed the first phone calls to the player. And I think Jerry Jones specifically mentioned um, the offensive line success and in, in when he called Tyler Biotich. Yep, he definitely did. I mean, he talks about, you know, how, again, like the history and tradition of the offensive line play. I think, I think, the, the Cowboys fan generation from the 90s, they always had the great wall. So they understood the importance of it. And you have, you know, great running game. And well, what didn't you have with the 90s Cowboys? Yeah. But we saw some semblances of that. And early on in Travis's career with us, they were drawing comparisons to those guys from the 90s when you got a guy like Zach Martin and you got, you know, you have Tyron Smith, you've got, you know, you had Travis. So I think this, this, generations Cowboys fans are understanding the importance of it too and really prioritizing that and not 
scoffing when they see a first round pick used on, you know, a, a quote big guy, you know, he's not a skill player, which I think is maybe not as typical as usual. Well, obviously it worked out pretty well for Travis Frederick. He made the, and for the Cowboys, he made the pro bowl five times. And one thing about Travis, I mentioned before the, the idea that Tyler was sort of destined for greatness. Travis Frederick was the first freshman, true freshman, I think ever to start on the offensive line for Wisconsin. He wound up taking a redshirt year somewhere in there because he happened to come along at a time when Wisconsin had probably its two best offensive lines in program history, which is saying something, but he was such a cerebral, intelligent player. He majored in computer engineering. Yep. How many offensive linemen major in computer engineering, you know? <laughs> and so you just knew that guy was going to be great. And by his last season, he was the spokesman for the group. And that's another thing I'd mention if we're trying to draw some parallels here is generally every year at Wisconsin and probably a lot of other programs, there's one offensive lineman who they trot out every game once a week before the game, who is sort of the spokesman for not only the offensive line, but for the group in general, the offense and the team. And that was a role that Travis took on and embraced. And it was also a role that Tyler took on. Now he had probably less of a choice because he was kind of the, uh, the go-to guy coming into the season and everybody knew it. They had lost three offensive linemen who went to the NFL. But I think that helps in just sort of them being a, a front facing individual for the team and probably to build confidence too in that capacity when you're dealing with the media every day, like you will in the NFL. Right. So you mentioned, you knew about like what Travis studied in college or in college. And we, we've talked about that before um, in, in stories and whatnot. Do you know what Tyler majored in by chance just for kicks inquiring <laughs> minds? Um, I'd have to stall and look up his bio. I, I honestly don't know what well, he majored in. Don't worry. Don't worry. I just think it's funny that you say that because I think I mentioned to you and I've said it before on here. Um, my nine to five is in sports marketing and I used to work, um, with AT&T as at their agency. And a couple years ago, Cowboys were our client and, or I was their client, I guess. And they were talking to me and they were like, we, we need to put together this, we're launching 5g and we need, we want to do some like really intelligent you know, video where a player is like talking about the technology that 5G brings and like what it means in like football terms. And I was like, there's only one person that you can actually, <laughs> like there's only one logical person that makes sense and it's, it's Travis Frederick. It, you have to, like, there's no way we can't use him. And so obviously we ended up using him. And it was just, it was funny that, to see that connect because he's so intelligent, so you know, well-spoken, like obviously on the field in terms of football, but yeah, like per your point, like he's got it going on off the field as well. Yeah, Tyler Biotish, personal finance major, so I don't know if you'll be able to uh, replicate that, what you had with, with Travis, but from a football perspective, Cowboys definitely got a good one. So I like how you were drawing comparisons between Travis and Tyler, and again, I was you know, just doing some research, and I, I couldn't help but draw some comparisons myself when just reading about Tyler. Uh, on Draft Network, they, they call him the heart and soul of one of the best offensive fronts in the country. He takes pride in executing assignments and completing tasks successfully, shows nastiness, and is a leader that was able to galvanize the entire group. And I mean, again, when I heard that, I was like, Travis, hello, like Travis, like you knew when he wasn't on the field, it just, it, it, it just felt like him. Is there anything else you felt, you feel like they were alike in? Well, part of me was, is a little hesitant to draw too many comparisons and create a level of expectation like Tyler's going to be an instant pro bowl type of guy. And I'm not saying he can't be, but 
you know, he's certainly his own player. I, I just think from a, a leadership and talent perspective is, is mostly where I see the parallels. Um, I, I mentioned that Travis played on the two best offensive lines in school history, but Tyler was on some pretty darn good offensive lines too. The line that he was on in 2018, while the team didn't have a bunch of success, uh, and 2017 too, that had like three different All-Americans, um, and he wasn't necessarily one of them. <laughs> you know, so I think that, that says a lot about just how good uh, the line was, but he also learned a lot from that group. I, I remember before the 2018 season, I, I did a story where the offensive linemen at Wisconsin had a tradition where every week they would go to Red Robin, uh, and they would just absolutely crush like 30,000 calories. I, it was insane. You know, I love get, Red Robin. That's amazing. Yeah. I so Midwestern. I don't think I've been back since that excursion. Uh, just, it was a lot, it was a lot to handle. Um, <laughs> but who doesn't love a good cheeseburger? But yeah, yeah. a lot of bottomless fries and shakes. But anyway, Best. he was the young guy in the group that year. And I remember sitting around with the five starters and they were joking and laughing and having a good time. And Tyler barely said anything. Um, and it wasn't that he was incapable of talking. I think it was that he spent that year soaking everything in and listening to the older guys, whether it was this weird offensive line tradition at Red Robin or learning things on the field. He picked um, Michael Dieter's brain a lot to learn about little assignments that he needed to do at center. Um, and so I just think that's been part of Tyler's maturation and evolution. He, much like Travis you know, Tyler's had the benefit of learning from these older guys that have been through the wars at Wisconsin on the offensive line, and it made him a really good player. I think it's funny. I mean, I can't give Travis credit for this because I'm sure this was happening before, but yeah, they do that here in Dallas too, where they have like the O-line dinners, like that's the thing. Like they, every week they would get together and do that. And I, I love that. Um, I want to kind of take a step back because something I also found really fascinating is you touched on it briefly, but Tyler didn't play, he never played center until he got to college. And I was talking to some front office guys and I was like, what is it? I like, same question I asked you, like, what is it about Wisconsin? And they were like, honestly, you know, they, they, they recruit well, but they also develop talent. Well, like they'll even take high school quarterbacks or tight ends, like with the sole vision of taking them and turning them into like a tackle by their senior year. Um, you know, Tyler was, a was, I think it was a D tackle. And then I look at a guy like David Edwards, who is a guard with the Rams now. I mean, he was a quarterback and a tight end in high school. And then, again, at Wisconsin, they're like, nope, you're going to be an offensive lineman. So, like, can you talk about that process? Have you seen that happen several times? And what do you think it was about, Tyler, where they were like, listen, we love you. I know you got lots of honors in, in defense, but it's, it's O-line or bust, my guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I've seen it a ton of times at Wisconsin that they take somebody at a different position and they project where he'll be successful at Wisconsin – there's a lot of quarterbacks that wind up coming to Wisconsin and they're not going to be a high school quarterback. Obviously, especially in this state, the best player is going to be the quarterback because he, he has the ball in his hands as much as possible. Um, you look at somebody, for example, in the most recent draft, Zach Bond, uh, who was just drafted by the Saints and was an All-America outside linebacker as a senior this past season. Oh, we love he him. Was a, he, mm -hmm. he was a high school quarterback too. Um, there was one, I think a couple years ago, three of the four starters at linebacker were quarterbacks in high school. So Wisconsin certainly does a great job of projecting where they think a guy will go. And I think they're also not afraid to put someone in a position. And if it doesn't work out, change that season or change in the spring or in fall camp. In the case of um, Tyler, initially they recruited him as 
an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. And they just told him, we'll figure out your position when you get to campus. And they do that. They do that a lot of times with big guys, even in this current recruiting class, they do that stuff all the time. They have these guys come in for summer camps. They might put them on the defensive line one camp and a week later, have them come back for the offensive line. And they'll just be like, this guy's dominating. We don't know exactly where he fits, but we know he's exactly what we want in a Wisconsin football player. And then they'll figure it out. So that's really what happened with Tyler Biotich. Um, They saw a need on the offensive line and clearly it worked out. I love that mentality. I mean, Meg and I were talking about this, like something again, as a Cowboys fan, it's exciting to hear is, is a coaching staff that isn't, tied to a scheme like they are I mean obviously you know you you have an idea of like what you're gonna run what you're not gonna run but they're more more focused on getting the right type of guy in the room and that's what it sounds like they do at Wisconsin and I can't help but feel like that's what McCarthy was doing with Biotich too I mean it's a little different when with center like obviously we needed a center and it's a, it's a pretty natural fit but especially on the defensive side of the ball we're seeing a lot of that conversation happen right now where people are like is it gonna be four three is it gonna be three four and, and he's like listen it's going to be like, we'll figure it out. Like it, we'll figure it out. And, and I'm not super worried about that. We got to get the best guys in the room and we'll go from there. So I, I love that mentality. And I think that's um, an interesting thing. And I think it's honestly the right way to go. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's worked out well for Wisconsin and by the time they're done with their Wisconsin careers, they've established themselves at a specific position um, and it allows them to thrive in the NFL. There's a reason why 21 offensive linemen have been drafted at Wisconsin since 2000, and it has to do with the coaching, the flexibility, and the willingness to work with these guys and also identify their talent and put them in a position to succeed. Wait, actually, so I was also reading when I was talking about these transitions to linemen, the, their diets, and you mentioned you touched on it, Red Robin. I think they, their 5,100 caloric daily intake what what were they eating? What was on the table for like one guy? When and how went, many times a day? Yeah, like can do you know any of those? Do you like walk us through that? I got it. One can dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, what was on the table at Red Robin, or like in an actual dieting meal plan situation? We, we need to know both. Let's just hear both. Oh, Red Robin was ridiculous. Uh, it it was everything you could dream it would be and more. They had. Uh, like Dave, you mentioned David Edwards, uh, whose story was pretty remarkable at Wisconsin. He played quarterback in high school. He was a tight end to start. And then Wisconsin put 76 pounds on him. Mm-hmm. And then he became an All-American right tackle. And he would go to Red Robin and he would order two burgers, uh, which I thought was pretty funny because they had bottomless French fries. They'd get like refills on milkshakes. And they had this campfire sauce, which they love. They would dip everything in campfire sauce. It's like Red Robin's secret sauce. Oh, I know. Um, Don't worry. Well aware. Yeah, so so the, the number of calories that they ate at that particular setting, uh, I'm looking it up right now. I wrote that it was because I had to go back and check the uh, caloric uh, intake and the nutrition guide there. The, the five of them ate 13,390 calories just in entrees and milkshakes. What? That did, that did not include the Ooh. racks of bottomless fries, the campfire sauce, or the second round of milkshakes, which a waiter brought out uh, because they were waiting for 30 minutes without food. So they can put it down pretty well. In terms of their actual meal plan, I think that the the coaches and the, the support staff here do a really good job of not just let's put a bunch of weight on them and we don't care what kind of weight it is. They make sure it's good weight. And if someone has to lose weight in order to then gain good weight, they will do that. You know, you mentioned like the 5,300 calories with with Edwards. 
I mean, he would eat like jars of peanut butter, which is not the healthiest thing, but it takes a lot to gain 76 pounds. That's a, that's a very unique situation in general, though. I think they put him on a really good meal plan. Obviously, they eat far more than a lot of other players on the team, but there's a reason that a starting offensive line at Wisconsin averages 6'6", 320 pounds in most seasons. So basically, I want to die and come back as an offensive lineman at Wisconsin. Sounds like if you're funny. into food, and if you're into food, then it's it's not the worst situation in the world. <laughs> that sounds perfect, honestly. Um, so he did have a hip injury his junior year, and then he revealed at the combine that he had a surgery on his shoulder after the season. Uh, how do you feel like these injuries affected his level of play in 2019? And do you think there could be a residual impact going forward? That's a good question. I do think that NFL personnel or at least the draft mock evaluators sort of docked uh, Biotic for his 2019 season. Uh, and I, I do wonder how much that hip injury impacted what he was able to do. And obviously he had the surgery in the off season. And actually he was considering going to the NFL after his retro sophomore season in 2018. Now he got to come back to school grade, which really they give to anyone if you're not a first or second round pick. But that surgery was a, a significant factor in him deciding to come back. Um, so, I, you know, to me, he looked pretty darn good. He obviously was named the best center in college football. But I do wonder how much on film people looked at what he was doing uh, and, and maybe that, that cost him a round or two. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. But in terms of moving forward, I think he showed what he's capable of and he has a lot left to give. So you mentioned, obviously, that could have impacted the injuries, maybe could have impacted his draft stock. Um, I, my guy, I, I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it again. Dane Brugler, his draft guide, uh, is the yeah. beat is everything and more. And if y'all are not a part of the athletic membership crew enough to read Jesse's stories, you need to get on there as well for Dane's book too. But, you know, I think I keep seeing stuff about like limited athleticism, um, and the injury and, you know, he's good with, with a heavy run kind of game and in the box but once it comes to like blocking outside and then like second and third level it's it's where he might be more susceptible to miss assignments do you feel like can you talk about like him as a player like some of the pros and cons I mean obviously we know he's so smart and he's very talented but like give us an idea of like what we can expect to like see on the field for those that didn't watch him this past year I just think you can expect a consistent guy who's going to show up every game and there's probably not going to be a ton of bad moments and you know you don't you don't draft a guy to, to have him be inconsistent, but his overall body of work over 41 career starts to me speaks volumes. Um, and I mentioned the, the pass blocking numbers before that he only gave up one sack uh, this past season. So obviously he's not a perfect player and there, there, there's going to be a little bit of a transition to the NFL game, but the guy was a multi-year all American and the best center in college football. And so I, I think, um, you know what you're going to get if you've seen him on the field in the last three years. Do you feel like he's capable of being a day one starter here? That is probably impossible for me to answer only because I'm not familiar with the Cowboys roster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if, if they need a center, I think he's a pretty darn good option. He's obviously got three years worth of college experience playing at an exceptionally high level. And you would think that Dallas is going to afford him every opportunity to earn that job. So I certainly would not be surprised. And you look at some of these other offensive linemen that come out of Wisconsin, they may be drafted highly. They may be low round picks or even free agents and they wind up sticking with NFL teams. They wind up starting for a long time. 
there are a handful of guys that at their respective positions over the last five years or so have been the highest paid at their position in the NFL. And so there's a reason that happens. You know, I don't want to lump Tyler into all these other players, even though we've sort of been doing that for a lot of this interview, but I do think it speaks to what a Wisconsin offensive lineman is capable of. Well, I mean, he already has the nickname Baby Beard here, so uh, <laughs> I think all of Dallas is lumping him in a little bit. Maybe we need a pullback. <laughs> At least we didn't we didn't set him up like we did our wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, where we gave him like a legendary number. Like if we had given him given Tyler Travis's number off Woo! the bat, oh man. <laughs> um, so Jesse, we've been throwing out a lot of big numbers throughout this conversation: thirteen thousand calories, you know, whatever else, all of that. But tell me about this. 2,000, 2,500-pound personnel package that um, this team <laughs> has been known to run. I laughed. And, again, like, I don't know if you guys have watched Wisconsin football. You're probably familiar with Big Ten football. But we talk about the jumbo package, but this is, like, next-level jumbo. <laughs> yeah, they call it the hippo package. Wait, uh, Kelsey heard that. She literally cackled for, like, a minute. And I was like, <laughs> can you tell me what you're laughing about? <laughs> It was incredible. I was like, is this real? Like, tell me this is real. It's quintessential Wisconsin football. They actually had nine Wisconsin offensive linemen on the field and a quarterback and a running back. And in order to do that, they would line some other offensive linemen as, up as tight ends. They would put a couple in the backfield as, like, fullbacks, and they would just plow forward. That's kind of the great thing about Wisconsin football is a lot of the times the opponent knows exactly what Wisconsin's going to do. Certainly when you put 2,500 pounds worth of offensive linemen on the field, you know what the Badgers are going to do. It's a situation where you say, we're going to line up, try and stop us. Uh, and a great example of that is the, the Michigan game this past year where Wisconsin threw out the hippo package and they dominated the Wolverines from start to finish. So quintessential Wisconsin football. It's fun to watch. They ran it more than once in that game, right? Yeah, they used it a few different times uh, and, in, and in different games throughout the season, too. They've had different variations on this jumbo package over the, the course of the last few years. But obviously, uh, it works. And why mess with a, a good thing? I bet Harbaugh was so irritated by that. Like, genuinely. He was probably like, are you kidding me right now? Like, that's almost like, like you said, like, they just throw out this personnel. And they're like, we're going we're gonna to show you all our cards. Like, we're not concerned if you know what we're running. And we're just going to, like, pound it down your throat. Like, it doesn't Talk matter. Running into a brick wall. Honestly, though. Um, so, you've been so gracious and told us a lot of fun stories. How about, do you have any fun stories? Because you've got to cover both Tyler and Travis in their careers at Wisconsin. Tell us some, some fun scoop. Like, maybe some off-the-field stuff. You got any, got any fun interactions with those two? I do not have any good dirt on what? either of those guys. It's been a while since Travis was here. I, I know I really enjoyed talking to him. He was one of the most enjoyable guys uh, because you knew if you needed a quote, he'd probably give it to you. Um, so that's something that I can appreciate. Uh, with Tyler, I don't know. I mean, I, I mostly remember the, the Red Robin experience because, you know, when you cover a college team, there's not a lot of opportunities to interact with these guys outside of a, a typical – uh, interview session so that was like one of the rare times uh, when I got to and I remember that he ordered something that sort of like blew everyone's mind <laughs> he, he, he like he combined two different items on the menu oh um, yeah and uh, so I think he ordered I don't know how many calories it was it was a cowboy ranch tavern double with ranch dressing bourbon whiskey river barbecue sauce crispy onion straws American cheese and lettuce and then he like put an egg on it yeah, everyone was just like everyone couldn't believe it. Yeah, so he was a member of the high count, the high council. That was what they called 
the uh, the offensive linemen who went every week, they were on the high council, and Tyler Biotich was firmly entrenched there. Hey, creativity. I love to see it. Honestly, though. Um, so as someone who's ever been to a game at Wisconsin, and again, as you heard, I didn't exactly have the greatest college football experience, uh, according to the colleges that I attended. <laughs> Camp Randall, it's, it's known to kind of get a little rowdy. Like, isn't jump, ar- jump around a big thing for y'all, right? Yeah, it's pretty big. It started in the 90s, and it, they do it after the third quarter. Uh, it gets pretty lit. The, the stadium shakes. They used to have old TVs that hung over the in the press box, and they would shake. And I, I remember thinking, one of these TVs is going to fall on me, and I'm probably going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> Fortunately, that never happened. But uh, it's a pretty fun experience. It's certainly a bucket list experience if you're able to make it up to Camp Randall Stadium for a game. I have to, th- I have to assume that obviously it's so route ra- like so loud and rowdy that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do a stretch real quick, but I'm I'm gonna do it anyways. That you know, I does it maybe help him a little bit with like his snap counts because it's just so freaking loud. Like the environment there, I can't help but equate it to like some of the environments that you've seen like on the road, like with the Seahawks. Like AT&T Stadium can get pretty rowdy as well, and it's it's a it's a unique environment. So I'm sure that has helped him and will help him in the future. Well, I would think all the road venues in the Big Ten and some of the other big stages Wisconsin has played on is probably another helpful factor in, in Tyler being able to figure out snap counts because when you're on offense in your home stadium, you generally want the crowd to be a little bit quieter. And when the jump around happens, it's between quarters. So it's not, uh, it's not as insane when the fourth quarter starts. But uh, I'd say he'll be ready for every uh, experience when he gets to the NFL. Well, I would expect nothing less coming out of a place like Wisconsin. Jesse, you've been wonderful. Um, any parting words for Cowboys Nation? Let us know where we can find you, too. Again, as you guys, I mentioned, um, he's got some great coverage on re- recruiting at Wisconsin, um, answer some questions. Again, knowing that the Cowboys value these positions, you should probably go ahead and give him a follow because he'll have all the inside scoop before they hit the ground in Dallas. So, Jesse, where can we find you? Uh, the athletic it's under the Wisconsin page or Jesse temple. If you're a subscriber, obviously I'm biased, but I strongly recommend it. I sort of consider it to be the Netflix of the sports writing world. There's something for everyone. If you're a Cowboys fan, a Badgers fan, if you like the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, we've got writers covering it all and you get it all in one package. So that's my shtick and my spiel on, on subscribing to the athletic, but for Cowboys fans out there, just, uh, enjoy Tyler. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully we have a football season to play, but that's an entirely different story. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> well, um, I was a little disappointed when I didn't see a Green Bay uh, game on the on the schedule this year. But I, I guess, wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that, again, speaking of different <laughs> stories. Anyways, but Jesse, you've been great. Go ahead and give him a follow at Jesse Temple on Twitter. And um, we will see you guys next time. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. Take care. All this Biotich talk really makes me want to jump around. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Megan Murray. <laughs> if I had the crowd applause, like little audio clip, I would insert it right here. It would probably be more like crickets, but it's fine. That I would that would be some really great editing that I will not be doing. So apologies <laughs> in advance. Um, you guys, again, so much fun. I was dying when I heard that Red Robin order. As a fan of Red Robin, I thought I knew all the ins and outs, like all the secret menus. I was wrong. Yeah, I think we talked about a McDonald's challenge. I think there's a new challenge in town. On it? Whoa. We'll call it the O-line challenge. That's a great <laughs> idea. Forget the McDonald's challenge. This is the, what do they call them again? Uh, the High Council. The High Council. That's so fancy. The, the High Council challenge or the Red Robin challenge. 
yeah, we'll figure out that order. We'll grab that from Jesse. And if y'all want to participate and hopefully not keel over immediately <laughs> afterwards, um, let us know how that goes. But again, more fun to be had in our next week's episode as well. We've got a fun guest for y'all. Uh, him and I share a lot of similar philosophies on how we approach the beginning of a season. I'll lo- just say that. A lot of caps lock. A lot of caps lock. Yeah. A lot of bold theories. On how the Cowboys are going to do towards the end of the season, specifically in February. We're going to the Super Bowl. There's your hint. If you can figure it out, good on you. Um, we're very excited to bring you some fun content, as we mentioned. We are back every Monday and Friday on the Blogging the Boys feed. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. You guys, it really does help us out. I know we've said it before. We'll keep saying it again. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We have so much fun doing this and bringing you this content. And it is just as much your show as it is ours. So let us know what you want to hear. Um, You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles and Meg. At Meg Murray with four R's. I'm never going to not say Meg Murray, but um, it's <laughs> fine. I think it's funnier than most people do. You know, it really just like sticks with you. Yeah, it really does. You can't does. forget it. Um, so Hippo Package coming in hot this season, main takeaways. Y'all, I literally could not when she figured out what that was. Like she just sat there for a whole minute. And it's one of those things, her and Dave Hellman do this. They laugh, and then I don't know what they're laughing about, and I feel like I'm left out of a joke, and it's very upsetting. Yeah. Well, we're not going to leave you out of this one, so. Yeah, now you're all inside. Hippo Package uh, 2020 coming in hot for Cowboys Nation. Fun guest, secret guest coming up on our next episode. But until then, this has been Girls Talking Boys. I'm Kelsey Charles. This is Megan Murray. And as always, Cowboys forever, Eagles for never. Bye, guys. Bye.